Good to see everybody. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11 is where we are going to get started. We are beginning a brand new series of lessons, and I'm really excited about it. As, we, as you're turning there, um, I've mentioned before that I help with uh, master softball team, girls softball, and I, I'm also the guy that does the books at the game, and I'm always getting bombarded by those who want status updates. You know, coaches need those in order to make game decisions. But then I'm getting a lot of these girls who come to me and I'm trying to keep up with everything and they're wanting status updates. And some of them are not even in the game, but they want to know how many balls and strikes, how many outs do we have? What's the score? Even though there's a scoreboard, they want to know all these things because they need a status update. What Genesis chapter 11, the last part here, verses 27 through 32, it's a status update about humanity. And, and he's telling us how things are going, and things are not going well. Because we see humans were kicked out of Eden. Things continued to escalate. There was violence. There was, there was arrogance. Broken relationships. Eventually there's murder. Things just kept getting worse and worse to a point that God said, I'm going to destroy the earth. And I'm going to restart it with Noah and his family. But what do we find out? Very quickly after they get off the ark, they're still sinning. And then we get to this climax of what's been happening up to this point and here in chapter 11, the first part of chapter 11. And there are those who the humans are trying to build this tower up to heaven in order to make a name for themselves and God says I've had enough and he scatters them and this chapter ends very bleak it's like we've come to a dead end and to make sure we get we understand that the author is trying to tell us that this is a terrible situation it tells us that Sarai who is Abram's wife is barren she's not able to have children that is a big deal for what he just says here God is going to come to this family, though, Abram and Sarai. But here's the thing. They are not a godly family. They're pagan worshipers. In Abram's family line, we find Noah, who God used to, to continue humanity, the great-great-grandson of, or great-great-grandfather of Noah was a guy named Enoch, he also walked with God. In fact, in fact, he was so close to God that God finally just takes him. He doesn't die. He becomes an example of one who found life in the midst of the curse. You go all the way back to, to Adam and Eve's grandson, Enosh. He is the first who calls on the name of the Lord. But somewhere along this lineage, as it continues on, they get further and further away from God. And 400 years later, Joshua is going to look back on this founding father of Abraham, and he says, these people, he comes from a group of idol worshipers. But things are about to change. Abram is a central figure in Scripture, in all of Scripture, if you don't know that. Twelve chapters in Genesis are dedicated to Abraham. 
When you get in the New Testament, there are four Old, I mean, New Testament books that deal with details about, about Abraham and what it has to do with our faith. Three times he is called a friend of God. And the Bible also tells us that he is the father of all who believe. We'll get into that as we go through the series. But it all begins here with the call. Let's notice chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. God's call is to go, is to leave, to go wherever he tells him to go, to separate from the world and sin. And in order for them to do that, they had to leave their country, they had to leave their family. Because the temptation is too great. They're idol worshipers. Later on, Abram's grandson, he is going to get a wife from his father's family. If you remember this, send them all the way back to find one. And we find in Genesis chapter 31 that they're still worshiping idols. There is nothing special about Abram's background. He is not the greatest man on earth like Noah and Enoch had been. He's not the most powerful. At this point, he doesn't have the kind of faith that is going to justify him before God. That's something that's going to come later, but we see that Abraham is given this specific call. Now understand, there's two types of calling. One is a specific call. And here he specifically calls Abram to be a conduit of salvation to humanity. But every single one of us, we are called in a general sense. He calls us to turn away from sin, to turn to God. This calling is God's initiative. It is to bring people back in Christ, to become a part of this, this liberating work of God to the world. And it's wonderful, it's beautiful, but there is a cost. We see it in verse 1. Abram, I want you to get up and leave everything you know. Can you imagine? You know, feeling hopeless is scary, but sometimes the miserable life you know <laughs> is, is better than the unknown life that you fear. It's stressful. It's stressful moving from one, one area of the city to the next. Am I right, Trevor McKenzie? They just moved. Newborn baby. That's a stressful situation. Plus, Trevor built the house, so that's a little stressful. <laughs> but but can you, you, ever, you, ever, you ever move from one state to another? Missy and I have done that. And it's very stressful. But can you imagine moving from one country to another where the culture's different, everything's different? That's what God's calling Abram to do. It would have been traumatic. Abram is 75 years old when God calls him. He is going to travel 800 miles to go to the place that God wants him to go, and he hasn't even told him yet where he's going, by the way. But something important is happening. He is learning interdependence upon God. He's learning to depend upon God where he didn't have to before. He's, he is leaving behind his security. 
He's leaving his job. He's leaving his house. He's leaving his culture for a life of faith. And this speaks to us. Because sometimes God is going to call us to do some things in very hard ways, if necessary, for us to see how important it is to be dependent upon him. Because too many times we depend so much on ourselves. The life of faith, it begins at salvation. Whether we want to admit this or not, a lot of folks struggle with this because the very first thing about being saved is that I cannot save myself. That my good works is not going to save me. I've got to complete, trust completely in the finished work of God. And that's hard on us, whether we like to admit it or not. God develops dependence. He develops dependence through these trials that we go through in life. You know why? Because then we realize we're weak. We're not as great as we thought we were. We aren't as smart. We're not as strong. We're not as wealthy. We, we didn't come from the right family background. You know, God didn't tell Abram where he's going from the beginning. Isn't that interesting? And, and that's the way God is with us sometimes. Sometimes we know God is wanting us to get away from certain things, to move away, but he's not telling us exactly where we're headed. And we've got to learn to depend on him. The call is to follow. In Peter, and, and Joe's going to start 2 Peter in here today, but Peter, he starts off by telling us that Christians are sojourners, pilgrims. Now, this group of people especially, because they are being persecuted by Rome. They have had to leave their houses, their lands. Can you imagine? But you know what? Jesus never said that following him is going to make your life easy. In fact, he said maybe the hardest thing up there is to deny yourself. That's the hardest thing, isn't it? And then he says, I need you to be willing to take an instrument of death upon yourself if necessary in order to follow me. Jesus never said that this is going to be easy. And that's why some people will never answer the call of God for salvation because they do not want to give up themselves and what they want and suffer or be uncomfortable or to give up some kind of sin in their life. And you say, yeah, but there's a real sacrifice. It's true. But it also comes with promises. In fact, let's just look at verse 2. He says, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Kind of a theme there. Did you catch it? <laughs> blessed, 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 blessed. God's call is not just sacrificial, it's promissory. And it's patterned after Noah and the flood. Did you know that? Learn something about your Bibles today. The, these, these ancient writers, they wrote in such a way that we were supposed to connect these dots. And what he's showing us in this life is that Abram is like Noah. He is marking a new beginning and to return to God's original plan of blessing humanity that goes all the way back to Genesis 1 and verse 28. It is God's response to sin and to violence and to division here on his good earth. The gospel is not merely a, a call away from sin, 
It is a call to something. It's a call to a promise. And through Abraham, Jesus Christ would come into the world. Remember when the citizens of Babel talked about this in the beginning? You know, they're building this tower, and why did they do this? Because they wanted to make a name for themselves. And I love this is the way how the Bible does this. But here we are in chapter 11, and he tells us they're trying to make a name for himself, and he says, that is a big no-no. But then we turn the page to chapter 12, and what does he say? I'm going to make you a great name, your name great. The difference is how we go about it. We spend so much time building our kingdoms here on this earth. We're pursuing a name for ourselves, whether it be through wealth or education or power or popularity. But Adam shows us a different way. It's, it's full dependence upon God. Listen to Galatians 3.8. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before. And the scripture, for, uh, scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. What did he preach? In you shall all the nations be blessed. That's chapter 12, verse 2. The gospel wasn't first preached in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's being preached here. And a lot of times, the reason is because we don't even understand what the gospel is. The gospel is, 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 it is it's about something greater. It's, 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 it calls us away from what is lesser and to, to, and to give us something that is greater. The abundance of God comes in part in this life, but it's not in its completed form yet, is it? We, like Abraham, we are still waiting for that promised that promise to come. Abram was made into a great nation, but he didn't see it, did he? His name was great, but he didn't hear that his name was great. He was going to be a blessing to all of humanity, but he never saw it come to pass. And such is the life of faith. It's that we trust God, even if it doesn't come in our lifetime. Yes, God has a call for us here on this earth, and that includes a ministry for us to give his name and fame all that it can be. It may be that God is going to call you to a group of people. It may be to people that you work with. It may be a community. It may even be an entire nation. We don't know. But what I do know this is that God opens doors and he blesses it. But ultimately we have to make a choice. Abram had to make a choice. So here in verse 4, how does he start? So Abram went. I love that. It's just very simple. Abram went. And he takes off. Here's the way that uh, the Hebrew writer put it. He says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he, he, he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going, by faith. He went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations. And if you were to keep reading through here, you see that Abram is going into these, these different pagan lands, and he's building altars to Yahweh, that is the name of God. Building altars. How bold. But that's where he was in his faith. But stepping out in faith, folks, it's not easy, is it? 
It never is. Everything around us tells us we need to hunker down, we need to save, we need to protect ourselves. Our natural desire is that we want the things that the world offers to us. We want that which is bigger, that which is newer. We want the important jobs and the powerful families. But God's Word says things like this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. I don't know if you've heard yet, but the blue angels are in town. <laughs> I love it when the blue angels come to town. You know exactly when they get to town, don't you? And it is so awesome. You see it on social media. You, you hear, when you go out and you're talking to people, everybody's talking about it. And everybody will tell you, yeah, I was at my job. I was, you know, at the store. I was doing this. And yeah, as soon as I heard it, we all went out. Me and Peyton, we went outside. We went looking for the blue angels. We looked above. We stopped worrying about all the worldly things that are going on around us at the moment because we wanted to see the blue angels. That's exciting. And what if we were like that? with the things that are above, and to realize it is greater than whatever it is that we do throughout the week. It is greater, it's better. And if we had the same kind of excitement, seek those things that are above. That's where the blessings are, folks. And you may be here this morning, and you're just weighed down. You're weighed down by the corruption and the confusion of this world. But when we focus on earthly things, we will lose focus on the heavenly things we forget about the blessings and the promises that we have in christ and you may be here today and you may be like you know what i'm i'm ready to take that next step i'm ready to move let me give you some things that you need to be thinking about and number one is step out in faith folks that's where it begins it always begins here in, it is trusting God when things don't make sense, when things seem to be hard, when things seem to be confusing, when things get difficult, because that, folks, is the very definition of faith. It's in the things hoped for, it's the things we cannot see. And what does it say about Abraham? He goes on in Hebrews, and he says, he went out not knowing where he was going. That's faith. And we're going to talk about in two weeks that Abraham was going to be justified by faith. That is such a huge topic, and we'll get to it in a couple of weeks. Another thing is, be baptized into a new life. You're going to find out that Abram, I keep calling him Abram right now, but it's going to change. We're all of a sudden going to start calling him Abraham because God's going to change his name. Let me tell you something. Anytime God changes a name and gives them a new one, he's giving them a new identity. Baptism which comes from God, given to us by God, it is about a change of identity. It is, it is burial of that old life that we want to leave behind us, and we rise up to walk in this newness of life. It's a new identity that we have. And, it, and it's so important. And in fact, let's just talk about this walk, because that's the other part. You've got to walk with God. Walk with God. Earlier I mentioned that Abraham's ancestors, Noah and Enoch, they walked with God. And eventually Abram, even though he had been an idolatrous worshiper, he eventually is going to be someone who walks with God. God's going to call him to walk with him. 
This is more than following a set of laws. Folks, just, folks, when we talk about walking with God, think in terms of, you know, you're, you're walking with a close friend down a country road and you're just talking and you're laughing and you're just so focused on each other and what each other is saying. Folks, that's the kind of mentality we need to have with our God. I'm not trying to make him a common thing like he's just a common... But there is something more here that he wants from us. He wants this relationship. He wants us to be focused and to be at peace with him. This is why growth track is so important that we keep talking about. It's coming. It is coming next month. I mean, well, here we are. It's May the 1st. By the way, this marks my 30th anniversary of ministry. So growth track is coming next month. Uh, thank you, thank you. No, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm very humble. Um, but, but growth track, we're going to talk about in class number one, we're going to talk about things like faith and baptism. And we're going to talk about your walk with God. This is just the beginning of how all of this goes. But I do want to mention another one here, and that's do good works. Do good works. Believe it or not, that's a part of things. Faith is not a proclamation. Some people say, I believe in God. In James, he says, even the demons also believe and tremble. In fact, go to James chapter 2, because we're going to read something here in just a second. But what I want you to see is that our works do not, uh, first of all, let's say this, our works are not going to save us. We've already talked about that. We've talked about Abraham. We're going to see that in a couple of weeks. We are justified by faith. It is, a, it is a, a part of our calling. We are saved to do good works. That's an important verse there. And we might even say we've been created to do good works by God for those who are called according um, to his people. So James chapter 2, beginning in verse 23. Uh, no, let's start 22. You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And he's really, a lot of people get all discombobulated about this. In fact, some think it shouldn't, it shouldn't even belong in the Bible. It's not a contrast between faith and works. It is a contrast between true faith and false faith. And what we see about Abraham, Abraham's faith was not an empty confession. It was a principle of action. And again, that's why our growth track is so important. Because we want to help people find out what it is. How God has blessed them. How, what has God created for you in this good work that he wants you to do? And to try to help you in discovering those things. Those who have been baptized, they have received the Spirit of God. He empowers us to do the things that he wants us to do. And folks, that's just so important. Tim Keller says, you're not a Christian until you've taken your hands off your life. In other words, as long as you cling to the life that you want to live, you will never live the life that God wants you to live. Abram had a life. He had a country. He had a family, he had responsibility to his father's house, but when God called, he went. He followed 
He took his hands off of his life, and he followed God. One thing that I do want to note back in the text, in chapter 11, in verse 31, Abram's father was first leading the family to Canaan. Peyton's probably going to get into this next week. And we see that he stops in Haran and settles there. He didn't go any further. This is where Bible names are very important. Terah, which is Abram's father's name, it means delay. Haran, which is the place they settled, means dry or parched. When we only want to give a portion of our lives or only go halfway to where God wants us to go, it leads to nothing but a dry, spiritless life or a dry spiritual life. What's holding you back? What's causing spiritual delays in your life? I mean, are there, are there ways that God has been calling you, and you know it, to leave behind the world and sin in order to fulfill your call? Are you experiencing delays and dryness in your life? If you are a Christian, because you're just now down to partial obedience. I'm here on Sunday. But you know, Monday through Saturday is really mine. In fact, we don't even get to Hayran that way. Those are things we really need to think about. This is where Abraham really challenges us. And, and if there's anything we can do, I know we've got growth track. It's coming up. It's coming up. But if you've got things you need to talk about, if you're ready to take that next step, we're ready to move now. Come talk to us. I'll be in the back right after this. If you need to pray about some things in your life, you can come to me, you can come to one of our elders, you can come to Peyton, you can come to, to other folks that you know that are Christians right here in this church. F folks, don't get stuck in Haran. God wants to take us to the promised land. And we can only do it by faith, complete dependence on him. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this day and we thank you for your blessings upon us. Father, we don't always understand why you want to bless us the way you do. We fail you in so many different ways. Father, we know that our works, no matter how great they may be at times, that they just fall short of what you're offering us. And so, Father, may we in faith get stronger. Father, I pray for those who may be here and they're ready to make that next step. They're, they're ready to take that leap of faith. Maybe there's, there's some in here who need to be baptized. Maybe there are those who have been baptized, but their, their faith is dry, it's parched. And Father, help us. Help us all to help one another and, and for your spirit to guide us in these things. And Father, I want to pray a special prayer as well for the Brookers and their great-grandson that's uh, a great-grandchild that's going to be born next week. Father, I know this is weighing heavy on their hearts. I pray a special prayer for Jerry Cutshaw as he's continuing um, struggling at home over his health issues. Father, I'm sure there's others that I may not even be mindful of this morning, but Father, I just ask you to watch over each one of them. Help them to realize that you're there with them in, in, in spirit and truth. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.